Welcome to the Vegas Gang Podcast for December 31st, 2008. And I'd like to welcome back my regular panel, starting with Chuck Monster from VegasTripping.com. Hey, Chuck. Hey. Dave Schwartz from UNLV Center for Gaming Research. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon. And Jeff Simpson from the Las Vegas Sun and In Business Las Vegas. Welcome, Jeff. Happy New Year, guys. Yeah, same to you. David McKee is off today. Um, We wish him the best, and he'll be back next time. Uh, My name is Hunter Hillegas, and I run RateVegas.com. Before we jump into our first topic, I wanted to say a quick note about the trippies, or actually I'm going to have Chuck give a quick note. The trippies are uh, VegasTripping.com's annual uh, poll contest situation, and if I'm not uh, if I'm correct, the winners are going to be announced on Saturday. Is that right, Chuck? That is absolutely correct, Hunter. It is our annual uh, Best and Worst of Las Vegas uh, Readers Poll Award, and uh, we're going to be chit-chatting by the uh, fancy Internet's video phone thing uh, at 7.11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, and you can do the math for your local time zone. This Saturday night, January 3rd. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, we will make sure we link to that in the show notes. Um, and if you're interested, of course, go to VegasTripping.com and uh, check it out. J- Chuck will be your host that evening on his little webcast, so I'm sure it will be a lot of fun. Um, topic topic number one, <clears throat> Encore. Encore opened on December 22nd. Um, all of us got to see it at various times before or after. Um, before we get into people's thoughts and, and, uh, impressions, um, I wanted to say a couple of quick thank yous, uh, first to you, Jeff, um, through, uh, through your, with your help and the, uh, helpful folks at, at Wynn Resorts, um, both Chuck and I were able to, uh, to, to get in, uh, for one of the early pre-opening tours, which was absolutely fantastic. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're wel- you're welcome, guys. Um, Honor, let me say that um, the that I think that this opening is the first opening that really conclusively demonstrates the uh, the power of sort of a wide ranging online media presence um, that your that your site was a, that your sites were able to pull off the Encore opening site, your Twittering, um, anyone who's truly enmeshed in the opening you know the, the the traditional media outlets whether it's tv whether it's print um you know radio any of that stuff was just hopelessly out of date um now you know i don't know how big the market is of you know of people like like that but for those folks there's nowhere else to go um but to the site you guys um set up and ran and you pulled it off uh with uh you know you know it was just fantastic and i was just happy to be uh you know part of it and uh thanks uh, thanks again for doing what you guys did i know that there's a uh, a group of degenerates like like us who just are very very interested in the las vegas strip and in the best places that open so you know you really have demonstrated i think and i think that you know the win pr people um learn something um with what you guys did and uh so i have a feeling that in the future you guys are going to be uh you know an in- integral part of uh the way these new projects are open so uh congratulations 
I hope so. Thank you. I hope so. I mean, I know that speaking for myself, I had a ton, a ton of fun doing it. And in our discussions with the Win folks, it was obvious that you know this was something that they weren't 100% comfortable with right out of the gate. Uh, hopefully, we um, we helped them feel more comfortable um, as as it went along. But they were very accommodating, um, and I think it turned out quite well. Um, and I was, it was exciting. I've got a ton of great feedback on it, and I'm sure, Chuck, you did as well. Um, it was just a lot of fun. And it, I think it, as an experiment, I think it was a huge success. Well, with M Resort, City Center, Fontainebleau, um, among others, opening up um, within, within the next year, uh, you guys, um, it's, it's, you, there may be a short, <laughs> a short letdown period, but it's going to be a, a, a very big year. And I think you guys are, uh, have demonstrated sort of the power of what you do. So, um, I, you know, any, for any, for any doubters out there, and I talked to the WinPR folks and they admitted that they really just had not gotten their arms around, you know, blogging and Twittering and the kind of, changes that have been made and I you know and I, I you know did my best to explain to them that they need to get you know behind it and uh, uh and be part of and 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 be part of the process and embrace it and I think uh from what I've read on your own um blog hunter that I, I think that MGM sounds like they are um more committed and based on my what I know about Glenn Schaefer and the folks at Fontainebleau, I'd be surprised if they don't um, embrace what you guys do as well. I think, uh, you know, we're definitely going to try and do more of this in the future. I actually uh, went ahead and grabbed citycenteropening.com, so we may be having this conversation again a year from now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, Chuck, I mean, how did you feel about it? I know that for me it was it was just a ton of fun. Well, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I was I – was, uh, uh, I really didn't really know exactly what to expect – uh, coming out of the gate, I know when, when I was sort of planning, Hunter and I, we, we'd been sort of talking about, well, what are we going to do for opening at Encore? Because we're both really looking forward to it, and we knew it was going to be some kind of event. So, like, for the last year or so, very informally, we've been, you know, bouncing sort of ideas back and forth against each other. But I don't think it was until, you know, the, the Twitter thing really took off and, and the huge community of Twitter users that you that read all of our sites and, and whatnot have all kind of coalesced into this big discussion group that that it was it was uh you know the vision for how we could do this in as close to real time as possible became crystal clear you know with, with just a you know a, a, a couple weeks of web development and research you know we put together this thing it's not the most complex thing in the world but uh you know, it's a, it's a demonstration to the fact that we love this shit. You know, we absolutely love casinos and to to be involved in the opening and touring with Roger Thomas is like a true and total dream come true. <laughs> and and for us to, to, to be able to sort of be like a conduit of the excitement of the people who read all of our sites and whatnot, you know, is really, really special, you know, because like – I know I was trying to get the feeling in the Twitterings and postings and photos and whatnot of trying to be there, you know, like the, 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 I don't know uh, if everybody has those uh, Verizon commercials where there's like the guy with the glasses and then 900 people behind him, you know, I was trying to be the guy with the glasses sort of, you know, with, with the 9,000 people or so behind him, you know, like we're all here, you know, we're all here right now to, to enjoy this and, and to, to be standing there, uh, 
watching Steve Wynn say, let the games begin, you know, was, was a true goosebump moment for me from a guy who just grew up playing poker with his parents and gambling in Atlantic City. You know, to, to go to what the Wynn called again, you know, the center of the universe tonight was a, a real pinnacle experience for me. And, and I just can't wait to do it again for all the other future resorts, no matter how much work it was. I agree. There will be more to come. Now, to, to get to Encore itself, um, and I'm hoping we'll, everyone will get a chance to sort of give their thoughts, but I, I wanted to start with Dave, because Dave, you wrote an article, uh, a post that started off as a blog post and ended up as a business press story about Encore. Um, and, you know, it's sort of from a little bit different perspective than a lot of the other more fact-based um, sort of explanations of, of what Encore is like. Will you tell us a little bit about what you wrote and uh, and where that's all coming from? Sure. I'll kind of talk to you about how it's developing. It's, I really think that Encore and Win Together are very significant resorts in the history of casinos just because they're very – well, they're similar to what's gone before in a lot of ways. They're also very different, and a lot of it's in a very subtle way. Um, the whole idea of change being a big part of the casino – really crystallized to me what the difference is with the wind resorts. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the other resorts on the Strip are looking backwards. They're nostalgic. It's trying to recapture something in the past or recapture another part of the world. And I think Mirage is a great example of this. You know, you go to Mirage, and I'm just saying if you buy into the whole theming idea, you go to Mirage and you're transported back to this South Seas resort in a simpler time, and you can – go, you know, become like Gauguin or whoever. The, to me, Wynn and Encore together aren't really backwards-looking. They're kind of forwards-looking. And they don't have any nostalgia for anywhere else. And they're all about themselves. And it's kind of about this quirky collection of art, uh, artifacts and things like that in this great modern hotel. And I kind of the soundbite that I want to get out there that I haven't put down yet and... I don't know, do with this what you will, but I think that Encore and Wynn are probably the first casinos that could have their own exhibition catalog, you know, like they do for museum shows. Uh, you know, did you guys feel that way? You know, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, definitely, and I, I'm, I'm wondering from the perspective of someone that – um, that didn't go on a tour. Uh, now, there may be some of the very observant folks out there, but to, what really drove that home for me was walking the property and getting a story about every little piece. This came from here. This was designed for this reason. The idea for this came from this inspiration. I rescued this from XYZ location. Um, to me, I mean, you realize that all this stuff has to come from somewhere, but to, to realize that so much thought went into every little piece and how they worked together, I think, you know, is a part of the design brilliance of, of that team and why they've been so successful. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you agree with that? Well, I just think that, you know, like, um, for example, Roger Thomas's story about the little ship in Sinatra that was in the, the Italian restaurant in Paris that closed in, what, like 1930 or something? Right. You know, that to me, that's the kind of thing that knowing that really makes that room just so much more interesting. And I, I think you could really, with it, you know, not being tongue in cheek or anything, you could legitimately put together some kind of exhibition catalog for those resorts and say, hey, you know, this is, you know, even that one 
thing that looked like a rug that was hanging on the wall, and I said, oh, what's this? Oh, well, this is from Uzbekistan, and it's blah, 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 blah. It's just, you know, it's fascinating to me. And it, it, to me, it would be something that would get people coming back again and again and again to see, oh, wow, I didn't see that last time I was there. In, in, in terms of uh, traditional art theory, up till now, uh, you know, a lot of what has happened in Vegas has been very kind of neoclassical. You know, if you, if you draw parallels to, to the music world where Stravinsky would take material from, you know, 16th century composers and kind of put it into a perverted sort of structure with a couple of whack chords and peculiar um, uh, turning the meters into weird dances that didn't really make any mathematical sense compared to, to the time that they were uh, stolen from. Uh, you know, the casinos sort of do the same sort of thing, you know, up to now. They take the stuff from the past and they've sort of recycled it and sort of perverted it in a little bit of ways. Uh, Encore Win is truly, you know, a postmodernist uh, pastiche in a lot of ways. You know, there's, there's bits and pieces of stuff from everywhere uh, that is kind of created and put into a brand new context that... Uh, you know, that creates and invents its own language of feelings and, and, and imagery and usability clues. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a clever way of putting things together. And it's not in a trash junk store kind of way. You know, even a lot of these things were rescued or uh, uh, given or found objects. You know, it is very much a like a couture uh, design sense, using some materials from the past, future, and updating them and turning them into a completely different uh, language. It was, it was a tremendous place. You know, I don't think the average person who's going to go through and look for double or triple diamond slots are particularly going to notice this all that much. Uh, but, but for people who really enjoy casino design and, you know, interior design and architecture and whatnot, it's, it's quite a tremendous experience to behold. I think um, I, um, two points. First, I, I agree with Dave. I think that historically, when you look at these two resorts, and and Wynn felt like when he opened Wynn Las Vegas, and I think that he certainly considers uh, Encore a step beyond and above Wynn, that he was, um, you know, changing the evolution of Las Vegas, um, creating a, hot a, a hotel that is great on its own, that aspires to be, even though in scale much bigger than the great hotels of the world, most of which have a couple hundred rooms and uh, can achieve that five-star, five-diamond kind of service and have all of the great, you know, all the great materials and design and elements um, that, a, that a fantastic hotel would have. You know, he, he did it with Wynn. Um, he certainly aspired to and, um, you know, to improve um, with Encore, and so I, I, I agree with Dave. I think that you know these the, these two hotels, um, you know, in one physical plant, maybe you may you can look at it like that, um, that are certainly interdependent. Um, but I think that yeah, I think that Dave makes a great point that these are sort of another um, you know evolutionary change, uh, revolutionary change, even um, you know like Mirage was. Um, and like um, you know, earlier Caesar's Palace was, and some of the other you know big changes that have taken place um, in the in the resort business. Um, secondly, I think um, having you know sort of um, worked pretty closely with Wynn as he um, 
you know, conceptualized and then um, plan, you know, and and built and opened when and Encore. Um, you know, Encore was originally planned to be a tower like the uh, spa tower at Bellagio, like one of the new towers at Caesars, or like the hotel. Originally planned to be um, a thousand rooms, um, not quite a billion dollars. Um, and then, and then he went up to like 1.3 billion and a very small, you know, a smaller boutique hotel into, you know, and, and, you know, his, his, um, vision grew as the times got better and, and decided to create it, you know, make it a separate, a separate resort. And, uh, you know, one thing that's interesting about the way Wynn plans these properties, you know, you guys got a great opportunity to tour with Roger Thomas, um, you know, he sort of he has these people, these exceptionally talented people, who like being part of that team. DeRyder Butler, his architect, um, you know, Wynn works hand hand in glove with him as he does with Thomas, and you know, these guys know what Win, you know, that what Win is aspiring to, he are aspiring toward. He wants the best, and so that's why these budgets spiral. Um, when when they are in that planning phase, there are the there are books of the finest materials and of the best art in the world, and they're looking to those things for inspiration as they plan the projects. Um, and you know, so what was originally a seven hundred million dollar tower became a two point three billion dollar resort. Um, and you know, from my perspective, I just sort of have sort of I've talked a lot with Wynn and with his folks as these projects, you know, sort of, you know, started and then grew and became much more expensive and, and better. And it's, that's the thing. Some people, you know, on Wall Street have criticized the growth of his budgets, but it's because he, he wants to improve them. And when you have, you know, 2,700 rooms in Win or 2,000 rooms in Encore, and you say, you know what, we're going to make this $5,000 change, all of a sudden it's 5000 times 2000 and you have a 10 million dollar you know hike in budget and so he does you know he does that regularly but those are the kind of changes that make people love his hotels and so for me you know I just like that process um it's been a real um you know it's been very important to me and what I understand about the business being able to watch that team work and uh, bring these babies in um, and uh, so for you guys getting to, you know, getting to, you know, witness the opening, I think um, it it really is um, fantastic to see what they've accomplished and how they did it. Um, I, I very much have enjoyed the process. You know, it was interesting as we were touring with Thomas, he referred to himself not just as a designer, but as an author of the project, which I thought was very telling in terms of how they approach their, their design sensibility. Um, you know, the other thing that was interesting is that it, it became clear that the budget is not a, a number that they have when they start the process. It's a, it's a product of the design. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't come in saying we're going to spend this much money and we got to find a way to make it work. They say, well, this is the shape of the land. How great can we make it? And what is it going to cost? It's the, the it's the output of their equation, not one of the inputs, which is I, I think quite different from many of the other people that are building on the strip these days. Another thing I found different, and this was just sort of an aside that that Roger said when he talked about Wing Lay, uh, Win Macau, and how 
Steve Wynn was disappointed that it looked like a Chinese restaurant. I don't, I don't think I know anybody else in this business who would be disappointed that their high-end Chinese restaurant looks like a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> that's, that's a lot about what he wants to do and how he, how he sort of pushes everything a little bit further. Another, th- another thing that I thought was very interesting was the whole idea of the casino being red and, and the way Roger Thomas said, well, we're going to show, you know, we're going to take, you know, we killed the red casino, we're going to take back the red casino, but it's also them showing you this is how you do it, and this is how you, how you can do it, and it won't be tacky, and it'll actually be classy, and people will actually like going to Red Casino. But, yeah, it's uh, not a Victorian bordello anymore. Yeah, and also shows, I, I think, and, and Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think Wynn's playful side, how he, you know, on one hand, this is very important business, on the other hand, I think, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's a joke, but it's kind of a big game, in a way, to see what, you know, what he can do and what he can create. I, I I would say, and and it certainly is is a product of his creativity. He has this um, childlike delight that um, when you talk to him, and that really inspires his people. Those people at the top have, you know, I mean, you know, sort of jokingly, I call it the cult. I mean, there is a cult of win among the people who work for him. They are. You know he is so inspiring, and and he has that, um, you know, childlike, you know, just he wants to wow his his customers, his guests. He wants to he wants them to experience the same kind of, you know, just incredible um, joy that he gets when he can sh- give them another area of of beauty or of of wow. And and all the people who work for him, um, and certainly the people who last with him for a long time, you know, are you know believe in that and believe in him. It really is um, alone among the companies in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, usually in America we say, oh, the cult of personality. It's a it's a bad thing. But in terms of the pursuit of something artistic, something. Um, revolutionary, something that's uh, you know fantastic. I'm not positive that you know a, a the cult of personality in his case is a bad thing, and uh, he really does have that personality that tries to um, you know really wow and inspire his guests and and himself. Well. <clears throat> I agree with you. It's funny to hear him uh, in other interviews. I've actually heard him um, sort of uh, play that down. I don't know if that's just uh, him trying to be modest, but I think it's hard to deny as an external observer that that's definitely part of part of the mix. Um, you know, w- we've talked about on you know various various websites and newspapers and whatnot. What how that I think most of us would agree that Encore's you know would, did not disappoint. Um, and I hope I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but I can speak for myself, definitely saying that uh, it lived up to my expectations, which were fairly high. Um, to be honest, I'd probably have to say that I probably wanted to like it, but I did like it. I thought it was great, and uh, you know, I actually got to stay for uh, only one night so far, but it was um, it was a great experience, and I'm um, looking forward to coming back. I mean, it was just um, it's a beautiful place, and uh, as as Thomas told us during that walkthrough, they were tasked with creating something that did not exist elsewhere. The idea was not to crib, design 
um, design motifs from uh, in whole at least from uh, other places, whether they be you know locations or other buildings, but to create something that you can only see in one spot, and that was true for Win Las Vegas also, but I think even more true for Encore. Um, personally, I'll say that uh, for those that have visited Encore, especially if they were just there on opening night, you need to go back during the day because it's a dramatically different looking building during the day inside. The the use of natural light um, is a huge design feature, and it makes a huge difference as far as how the building is viewed. Uh, and I, I've heard from other people that agree with that, that that seen it in both both in the both in the evening and during the day, and it really makes a big difference. I would encourage anyone that only saw it that first night to go back during the day and see what it looks like because it's very it's very striking to see it during the day during in all of its glory. I'd, li- I'd like to add one other thing that sort of seconds what Dave talked about the evolutionary um, nature of these two projects. Um, I think we're going to see the first evolutionary resort um, that that builds upon wind, and I'm not sure that it will be better. Um, It's hard to say that it will be, but that aspires to be certainly will be ARIA and City Center. Um, It is a project that um, was planned um, after um, wind, you know, opened by and large, and I think that, uh, you know, it's clear based on some of the things that they're doing that um, Wynn was, uh, you know, a factor in what they're doing. And certainly Bobby Baldwin, um, even though they say Jim Murren was the guy who said we have to do this urban development, Bobby Baldwin was the one given the task of, you know, creating it. He had been with a company, Mirage Resorts, under Steve Wynn, that built the Mirage, that built Bellagio, that built Beau Rivage, and... uh, you know, MGM Grand really had, you know, none of the team there built MGM Grand, and they really hadn't done much other than, um, you know, Prima Donna built New York, New York. So they they had not built that that team, even though they owned some of the best properties on the Strip, had not built, you know, much of anything. And so um, City Center that, you know, we are less than a year away from opening in its various phases in the fourth quarter of 2009, um, that project um aspires to be a pro, you know a project like win like encore um one that will stand on its own um a de-themed um but spectacular property with many delightful features um now some of those will be um outside and inside and because it's a whole you know a a property with many towers there are features in and among them it it, it is not the same as win and encore it is even a grander vision, um, you know, and certainly a much more expensive vision, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, as exciting as um, Win and Encore have been for me, um, it's hard not to be even more excited about the prospect for City Center. And so I think Dave's point about the evolutionary change, um, you know, I'd almost say we ain't seen nothing yet. Not to say that it'll be better, but I think that the that the direction change will become so clear with City Center. And, and just because the Fontainebleau folks have not been as open, I can't say as much there, but certainly Glenn Schaefer's initial vision that he talked about sounds like they're on the same track. So it will be uh, pretty fun to watch. 2009 should be a very exciting year, so I definitely agree with you, Jeff. It will be very interesting to see how it unfolds. And, uh, yeah, I mean, for the good of the city and for the for the good of the show and for the good of everything that we do, I hope that City Center knocks it out of the park. 
and we'll be there to uh, you know to catalog it and um, and see how they do. I have high hopes as well. Um, to uh, to diversify and <clears throat> get off the encore topic, um, I want to talk about a deal that went down recently before encore opened. Uh, this you know pretty big news. Other than the fact that Encore opened, this probably would have been a huge, a huge top story. It did get a lot of play, and that's the sale um, of Treasure Island to Phil Ruffin. Uh, MGM Mirage is going to sell Treasure Island to Phil Ruffin, who cashed out of the New Frontier uh, north of a, I think, a billion and a quarter dollars, um, and I think his his purchase price for Treasure Island is 500 million in cash and 225 financed, I believe. For uh, <clears throat> so anyway. Uh, this deal has been talked about quite a bit. Uh, it sounds like Ruffin's going to keep the hotel sort of as is. He's happy that it's, it makes money. Um, he's not going to have a lot of uh, a big mortgage on the property that's going to require him to either cut cut things or charge extremely high rates. Uh, it sounds like he's in a pretty good position. Um, but I want to get people's take on this deal. Um, Jeff, actually, I'm going to start with you so that we make sure we get you before you have to drop off. What do you think about this deal? Is this good for all parties? Is this good for the city? Yeah, it's, I think it's you know it's certainly a win all around. Uh, MGM needed some cash. Um, Ruffin wanted to get back in the game. You know, after he did his deal, you know, he pays off his own debt, pays his capital gains taxes, and uh, you know, I mean, he spends all, you know most of the remaining money um, to buy the property. He takes a small piece of debt, I think quarter billion, um, but that's certainly enough to cover with uh, you know his operating income from the property. Um, you know, it's a great, it's a, it's a nice property and it is, you know, MGM's invested a lot of money in, uh, remodeling and renovating the place. So he does well, um, for MGM, it was crucial for them to, uh, you know, come up with some cash and it's a very tough environment. You know, MGM, you know, immediately said, oh, look, you know, we sold this property, but you know, that doesn't mean Mirage is on the block. It doesn't mean any other properties are on the block. Um, but I think that any any reasonable person realizes that there are other properties on the block. Um, people I talk to in the business um, expect that um, they will sell Mirage, um, and you know the likeliest buyer right now uh, probably Penn National Gaming. Although I have heard um, MGM Grand's former uh, um, COO uh, or CEO Alex Yemenigian. Um, or I think he was COO, um, that he could be a player, but I, I, I'm hearing Penn National Gaming. And I think that um, a Borgata um, sale to uh, Boyd, um, you know, Boyd's in sort of a nice position there uh, because um, New Jersey regulators um, would be in a position to force MGM to sell, so it's, it's probably a timing issue, but I expect uh, Borgata to uh, them to sell their Borgata stake to uh, Boyd as well. Um, so, but is in terms of Treasure Island, a good deal, um, but probably the first of several more, and that's not even counting Harris, um, and they probably uh, are eager to sell at least one property, if not more, as well. Dave, what do you think about this deal? Well, I think it's interesting because it might um, point to the future of MGM more licensing their management and that sort of stuff in their players club, similar to what's happening with MGM Grand in Fox, at Foxwoods and similar to a lot of their overseas deals. I, you know, I think maybe this is the way of the future. There might be a lot of hotels that are sort of under that MGM Mirage umbrella that aren't necessarily owned by MGM Mirage. And that's really just speculation on my part. I don't have any inside line or anything. But kind of looking at it from the sidelines and seeing what they've been doing with new properties, 
it seems like in order to get some cash, they might do that with some of their older properties too. That's a good point. It is an it is an interesting thing to note that they, they that Ruffin is going to be using some of the some of the MGM Mirage infrastructure uh, that Treasure Island obviously is already you know plugged into. Um, and it is interesting as they do some more deals and they form their new hospitality uh, subdivision that they may license out, you know, brand names or take management contracts or a combination, technology sharing agreements, all kinds of things. As you know, if they believe that their business is more less less the future of their business is less real estate and more talent and intellectual property, it would be interesting to see where that where that goes. Um, Chuck, I want to make sure I hear from you on this. What do you think? You know, uh, in in less than four or so years, the uh, Treasure Island has kind of gone from a big old confusing question mark to being a real gem. It's a real jewel of a small, cute little resort with great rooms, and everything has been touched and upgraded. You know, uh, people who uh, have stayed there, including myself, you know, I've heard just great things from them. Everybody's had a good time. You know, the staff is great. Uh, it, 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 I think roughly me now would do the sweetest deal you could possibly imagine. And, uh, you know, I have my own personal uh, historical issues with the new frontier, and I'm trying as hard as possible not to hold that against them. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it keeps he keeps the thing running. You know, I agree with Steve Wynn when he said that uh, that place is pretty much bulletproof right now. One, one thing, Hunter, that um... – and and I talked to Ruffin. I've been, you know, Ruffin is the kind of a guy who uh, he loves the he loves the business. He's not as much he's not as much of a creative guy. He aspires to be creative, but he really hasn't done anything, you know, super creative on his own. But he likes to run a property, likes making money, um, and you know, I think he'll be a solid owner there. Wynn seems to think so. Um, but one thing that we shouldn't, you know, I, I think that this deal signifies. Is it's you know it's the beginning of that deconsolidation that we are going to see, um, and another you know Penn National um, the people I talk to seem to think that they're likely to end up with the Mirage probably because of price, but what they want is Bellagio, um, and so it, I should rem- I should say that it wouldn't be shocking if that's the deal they do and someone else ends up with Mirage. Um, the reason MGM would sell Bellagio, and a lot of people say, oh, no, that's the – and it is currently the biggest money-making property in Las Vegas. Um, it has, you know, more than 4,000 rooms. It has an incredible show, um, and they – you know, it's a money-making dynamo. Um, but the problem for MGM Grand, or MGM Mirage is when they open Aria, they have two properties targeting the exact same niche. And so – you know, selling Bellagio as as sort of crazy as it sounds, um, folks I've talked to say that that may be the most sensible way for them to sort of avoid cannibalizing their business at the top and use their client list, their relationships in Asia, and just you know sort of do what Win has done and just you know and solidify their presence at the top of the market. Um, it will be very difficult. You know, they'll have two properties all of a sudden right at the top that are competing with Wynn's two properties at the top, um, and it will be incredibly bare-knuckled competition at the end of the year. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot really to look forward to on the deal side, not just the opening side in this next year. 
people keep throwing out Wynn's name as a potential for buying any of these things. Personally, I, I don't see him at all interested in any of his former properties. I just don't – I just see him as looking forward. I think back. Bellagio might be the only one. Um, it would surprise – I mean, you know, people think of nostalgia as a reason for him to buy Mirage, and I suppose at the right price – um, you know, it's not an impossibility. I think it would, it even would be, you know, uh, is a distinct possibility at the right price, Mirage. Bellagio, on the other hand, you know, he would, if he bought Bellagio, he, he'd own the top three properties in Las Vegas right now, uh, you know, pending Aria Open. So, you know, there's a reason, you know, I, I, I don't think that dilutes his brand. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure he would come up with, uh, you know, a few hundred million dollars in, you know, in changes to uh, maybe reverse or improve some of the things MGM Mirage has done with Bellagio. But, um, you know, it would not surprise me. It would not astound me if he did end up with Bellagio. Put I'd love numbers out there. I'm go ahead. curious how much you guys think each one of these are going to go for. Do you want to do it Price is Right style or, uh, or just uh, – <laughs> I, I'll bet I'm gonna go one dollar. So, one dollar? Yeah. <laughs> higher. <laughs> I, I think it may be a little higher. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Mirage. If Treasure Island is worth seven hundred and seventy-five million, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Mirage go for one and a quarter to one point five, depending on what the what the debt to equity ratio would be like on whatever the, the terms they could come up on the purchase. I, mean, I think that's exactly right. I think one point two. Um, Mirage, maybe one, you know, somewhere in that 1.1, 1.4 range, and and Bellagio, um, in, you know, including a new tower, uh, you know, you'd you'd have to say, you know, two billion, two plus, um, you know, the thing throws off 300 million dollars a year uh, up until this year, um, so you know that's not a that you know that seems like a pretty fair price, maybe maybe a little over two billion. But uh, you know, win. If anybody could swing that, it would be win. Um, you know, at least right now. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. You know, I wonder what the uh, the uh, L ad folks are thinking. You know, you could get Bellagio <laughs> for two billion, and they got a pile of dirt for one and a quarter. So. Yeah. Oh, but they own the plaza. They want to. They want to build a five billion dollar plaza with condos because condos are so hot right now. Yeah, I, I, I am scared for Fontainebleau and their condos. I just, you know, City Center is having trouble selling condos. If I can't imagine buying a condo in that neighborhood uh, anytime soon, it, it's a little bit frightening. <clears throat> I did walk in. I did walk in and see their model, though, the Fontainebleau model, when I was there, because they have their um, their condo sales center is open now. And I, I walked by and bothered the nice lady there. Uh, who was, I think, very obvious I wasn't buying any condos from her. But she was nice enough to show me around. And I did get to see a hotel room, which was nice, but nothing jaw-dropping. Uh, you know, it's sort of uh, very similar to what Schaefer did at the hotel uh, in terms of color and and amenities. Uh, they do all have uh, have IMAX in them, which is kind of an interesting thing. But uh, the model, the model that's there is actually kind of interesting to see. I mean, it's got sort of a pool slash nightclub vibe up on this top on this top pool deck level sort of like what Wynn's trying to do with Encore and um, you know they've got a, a ton of retail I mean we've seen some of the renderings but to see this actual huge scale model was sort of <laughs> ties it all together and it looks like it could be very beautiful but it's going to be in a pretty crappy neighborhood for the foreseeable future you know the, and, and when you think about um, Schaefer 
um, and you think about Mandalay Bay, I mean, it was built at a cost of, you know, a little bit more than half the price of Bellagio, certainly never achieved any kind of gaming par with Bellagio. But what they did is they build with style at a price. And, I, you know, my expectation is that Fontainebleau will, you know, have a lot of sizzle, a lot of pizzazz, um, but will come in significantly cheaper than city center, and uh, and probably, you know, they'll be they will be able to withstand hopefully, um, you know, the uh, competitive disadvantage of having sold a smaller portion of their condos, and but they won't have to get, you know, the same you know room rates that Aria will and the uh, boutique hotels will. So, you know, I mean, they they are they are expert at building affordably, um, and yet giving the illusion that this is a very excellent, not an illusion, but it's, it's a great place that they build for a lot less money. They're, they're very good at that. It's true. They've been doing that for a long time. I mean, even a lot of their interiors were, uh, they were, they they were good at, and I, I don't, when I say tricks, I don't mean in a negative sense, but, but using, you know, certain design, Shortcuts, and again, I don't want it to sound like I'm putting them down, but they were able to make less expensive interiors look like more expensive interiors, which, exactly. you know, from a return on investment perspective, is uh, it's a good thing. Uh, <clears throat> the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's sort of rumor and innuendo, so we may blow right through this really quickly, is a component of City Center, the Harmon Hotel, was originally supposed to be um, managed and run by the Light Group that has been doing business with MJ Mirage for some time. Um, but the latest is that they are out, off the project, and I, I don't have an official confirmation, but they are have been scrubbed from the website. Um, and that goes hand-in-hand hand with this persistent rumor, and again, I'll stress that it's an unconfirmed rumor, that there have been some structural problems in the Harmon uh, high-rise tower itself that uh, have caused either delays or may cause even worse than that. Um, you know, MG Mirage has been playing these things down with um, – you know, basically saying that they that they're focused on finishing the project, and we don't really want to talk about it. Um, is is there anything to this? What's the story with the Light Group uh, and and the Harmon? I mean, are they still involved in this project? Do we ha- does anybody know where this stands? Does Does anybody know anything definitively about that? Because I don't. But what I can say is that the you know MGM will eventually, if the project is finishable. They'll finish it. Um, it's a hotel, so that's a that's something that they will get a return on investment. It's not a long term speculative thing like the condo portions are. So um, you know the hotel um, is something that would it wouldn't and it's so front and center at the property, right next to the retail at the uh, northeast corner of the property that it would be foolish for them to let that languish. Um, so I would be surprised. MGM will, you know, use its own resources to finish the project. Um, I don't know anything about the light about the light group and its ability um, to finish or not, or whether it's out of the out of the picture. But what I would say is that, you know, it wouldn't be surprising for for these partners to have trouble. Everybody is having trouble. When MGM Mirage can't raise money <laughs> or has trouble raising money, it's not surprising that these lesser partners would have trouble and uh you know it may you know so uh, to me it's uh, it's total speculation but it would be unsurprising 
but I would bet that that hotel will be finished, um, you know, as fast as they could do it um, with or without Light Group. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, MG Mirage obviously has the expertise to manage the hotel themselves if they if they do want to. And, uh, you know, it would be interesting, obviously, from the perspective of the story, it'd be far more juicy if there was something more to it. But it may just be the economy. And I don't, I don't know the specifics of that deal and how that worked out. But, yeah, I mean, if they're forced to raise a, a large amount of capital, which they just don't have access to anymore, it could they, they may have been forced to change the terms or break the agreement or, or whatever. Uh, to me, it's the most one of the more interesting looking buildings with its um, curtain wall, with the sort of uh, ocean looking curtain wall that they're putting up. So hopefully they do finish it uh, at its full height, and that whatever problems that are being rumored are just that, and uh, there's nothing more to it. But but if it, but if they're not just rumors, then maybe we'll see a change of the Bellagio nightclub uh, name to the Bankrupt. <laughs> Indeed, anything's possible. Uh, you know, who knows? <clears throat> they could uh, bring this stuff back in house. Maybe that's maybe there is a schism, but who knows? We'll have to wait for a little bit more concrete detail before we declare that one. I think, um, gentlemen, I'm not going to keep you. It's New Year's Eve. This is the end of the year. Thank you all, uh, and thanks to David too, who isn't with us today. But I want to thank you all for being a part of the show again. We're still trucking. It's still fun. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. Uh, and, you know, thank you to everyone that's listening, too. Um, we do it because we like doing it, and, uh, you know, for the, we will continue to do it for the foreseeable future. So I hope everyone has a wonderful 2009, and, uh, you know, be safe and be healthy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go around the table, um, and you guys can tell people where they can track you down. So I'm going to start with you, Jeff. Where can people find you? InBusinessLasVegas.com, and uh, great 2008, guys. Uh, looking forward to uh, amazingly and even more exciting 2009. Excellent. Dave Schwartz, what about you? I'm at DiesCast.com and at Gaming.UNLV.edu. We're, we're going to be doing all kinds of exciting things in 2009. Excellent. Uh, Chuck Monster, where can people find you? VegasTripping.com, and I have a prediction for 2009. The yeah. Cosmopolitan will be renamed Vegas Gang. <laughs> Indeed. We're going to have a studio right there on the strip. People can walk by as we're doing the show. Yes, sort of Today Show-esque. Um, I'm at RateVegas.com. Or you can also check out my product, Vegas Mate, on the Apple iTunes store. Um, thanks to everybody, and have a great one. Mm-hmm.